0: It's Christmas, and I want to share really the last message, kind of the last message in our Timeless Christmas series. And I really battle because I think when you're a pastor, there's an expectation when you have a Christmas Eve service or a Christmas service, and you kind of think, well, I need to do something really, really Christmassy and talk about shepherds and wise men, even though the wise men weren't actually there the night Jesus was born. Spoiler alert, just killed the nativity. And, um so if you have a nativity and your grandchildren broke your wise men, you're okay. You're finally, you're you're finally correct. You know what I'm saying? Finally right. And so don't worry about it. Uh, if they broke your shepherds, you're in trouble. Um, but um, <clears throat> but I really feel like I have just a word, and I'm going to try to keep it short because we want to honor everyone's time. We have, of course, another service coming in. But um, but I want to share in in this series the the last message. Of it. And I want to talk about something that I think is helpful. And that's really my thing. I always want to have just kind of a word from the Lord for you. I think I have a word. I think that word will help a lot of people. And so if you'll excuse me from not doing a very boring Christmassy message, but to do one with a little spice, a little pizzazz, and a little kick at the end. How many are, maybe you're Cajun or you like some peppers? And, uh, and so turn with me to Matthew chapter one. Um, Matthew chapter one. And we're going to read. This is not really, Luke 2 is usually where you read the Christmas story. In fact, one of our traditions with my family, my dad who's here, he always quotes the the Christmas story to all of us every Christmas from Luke chapter 2. Um, My grandfather before him would read it to all of us from Luke 2. And so if you read the Christmas story, you probably read from Luke 2. Um, But you can also read from Matthew 1. And Matthew 1 gives a little bit different context. And it starts a little earlier. And and really, we're going to talk more, uh, just a little bit more about Joseph. I know Mary is the headliner for Christmas. Like, I totally get it. She's, she's the bomb. I totally get it. Um, but I want to look at this from a little bit different perspective and try to maybe communicate some things to you. So in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, I'm just going to hope we all understand what that means. She was found... At, come on, y'all. It's not pathway kids. I mean she was found to be pregnant (laughs) through the Holy Spirit. But because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, I wonder how many things, and maybe you can testify to this if you're a little bit older. If you're still in your 20s, you're learning something. If you're older than 20, After he considered, how many of you know some things probably would have been different if we'd have thought about it a little bit longer? Right? Especially some of us guys whose precursor to every ER trip was, hey, watch this. Or, hey, I bet you can't. I bet I can't. I triple dog dare Hey, you better get some popcorn, Bubba, and watch the show. After he considered this an angel, of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, verse 22, I think is good for somebody. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said. I, I don't know what your all this is. But how many know most everybody in this room, God said something and then there was all this, right? And I don't know what your all this is, but here is a promise from Scripture that whatever your all this is, it is actually aimed at an outcome based on God's promise. That's a good word right there. That whatever you're all this that you're walking through, Mary, people, Merry Christmas, you're like, I'm going to give you some Merry Christmas because I'm trudging through some merry stuff right now. All this took place to fulfill. God is not in the business of giving you a promise to frustrate you. He is in the business of giving you a promise to fulfill you. That's a good word. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said. See, I did not even, even finish the text, and we're already having a good time. All this took place to fulfill the word. The Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive. This is from Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I know Mary's the headliner, but I want to kind of talk kind of from Joseph's context for a minute. Um, I call this message Christmas Context. How many know that context is important? Like, I remember the first time being a child, I was in grade school, and we ran into one of my teachers, like, you know, in, in, uh, in the grocery store, and it was confusing, because I guess I thought she lived at the school. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was someone I knew, but it was the wrong context, and it was a little bit confusing. How many of you have ever walked in on a conversation, and you heard something, but you didn't know the context of what was being discussed? and it alarms you. Or how many of you have been in a conversation, and you've been in a conversation exchanging dialogue with someone, and both of you were exchanging that dialogue based on a different context, and about halfway through, you realized you, they weren't talking about what you thought they were talking about. <laughs> context context is it's important. Context is, is very important. In fact, Matthew starts by giving us some context, and he gives us some context that that Luke doesn't see. Matthew was writing to to Jews; he was writing to the Jewish people. He's writing to Jews, and so Matthew starts at the lineage, like where it all began, and starts working through every person in the because he knew Jews would want to know from where this savior has come as far as lineage like he was from the tribe of judah he was in the lineage of david this was all very important he's given us some context. See, it's important that we understand context. Have you ever had a situation where you're looking at someone and maybe you're judging them just a little bit, and then all of a sudden you get privy to the context that they have found themselves in? For, for instance, maybe you were in a store and a mom is not minding her children. Are you in a restaurant? And a mother is not minding her children. And her children are out of control. And you're getting indignant until maybe you understand that her husband just left and abandoned her and her children, and she didn't know where to go. So So she just ended up at IHOP and she's really sorry that she disrupted your pancakes this morning. But maybe if you'd have known her context, you could have had some compassion. See, context gives us a great deal of compassion, right? When I have context, I can be compassionate. See, we're entering into the holiday season, but none of us probably have the same context. For some of us, we're all happy, and things are lovely, and and birds are chirping, because in Texas, apparently Christmas feels like it's spring again. It's all raining, and then sun shining, and it's like, where's the snow? Freaking global warming. Anyways. But some people, their context, maybe you encountered them at work or or, or maybe in your family or whatever, but their context is somebody's not here this Christmas. Their context is they were trying to figure out if they were going to buy a gift or pay the light bill. And it's interesting that sometimes we can be so judgmental, and then we learn someone's context. And in the right context, we can have a lot of compassion For things maybe we wouldn't have compassion. Isn't that kind of what Christmas is about? About a king who became a baby to step into the context of humanity so that he could understand every temptation and every struggle because we don't have a high priest that is not touched with our weakness, but we have one who was tempted in every way such as we, but without sin. Isn't Christmas a little bit about someone stepping into our context so they can have compassion on the highest level? Dang, that's good preaching. (laughs) Context is important. See, Matthew's giving us context that in the lineage of this Savior, there's some liars. There's some cheaters. There's some murderers. This might shake you up, but in the context of our Savior and his lineage, there was at least one woman who was a working girl. And I'm not talking about nine to five. (laughs) So he's giving us us some context. See, I think, I think sometimes we need to put, see, I think sometimes some of us are messed up because we have this perfect little manger scene. And in the context of Christmas thing, and we sing these songs, we say, all is calm, all is bright. No, it wasn't. I'm going to write some songs. I'm going to do a, I'm producing an album called #Keeping Christmas Real. <laughs> and on my album it's not going to be all is calm and all is bright, right? It's not going to be calm because a 15-year-old virgin just gave birth in a stable after riding on a donkey for 100 miles. She's not calm. <laughs> she didn't have no epidural. <laughs> right? And I've had three babies. And they don't lay down, they're sweethead. No. In hashtag keeping Christmas real, Jesus is colicky. That's what he is. He's screaming, Mary's screaming, Joseph's pulling his hair out, the shepherds smell bad. In my Christmas, It's not always perfect. In fact, sometimes it's chaotic. And sometimes we look at other people's lives and we establish a context that's not even real. And we read this story, we establish a context that's not even real. And then we compare our chaos to that context and we live frustrated. I got three words, three points really. Three things to think about on this and kind of looking at it, Joseph's perspective. We talked about, I mean, Joseph, he's engaged to be married and then he finds out that Mary's pregnant and he's not the daddy and that's already awkward, right? Let me, let me give you three things really quick and I'll I'll get you out on time. Here's the first one is that life gives us chaos. Have you ever, like sometimes I wish we, you know, I don't know who started and perpetuated these lies, that somehow, if you just accept Jesus, all of a sudden, the sugar plum fairies come out with Willy Wonka and his chocolate factory and the unicorns, and you ride a unicorn all the way to heaven with the munchkins singing something. <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know who perpetuated these lies, but so many times when we, we decide to follow Jesus, things get chaotic. Things are gonna be, can I just be honest with you? Things are going to be chaotic whether you follow Jesus or not. Jesus gives us a promise. It's not, I've never seen anybody sell this when they sell those 31 promises from God to read every day. And I think those are good. But they've never given this one scripture that Jesus says when he says, in this world, you're gonna have, you're gonna have tribulation, you're gonna have trial. In this world, stuff's gonna happen. Right? And that's a promise From Jesus, Merry Christmas! I just want to encourage everybody. Stand and we can pray. (laughs) No, Jesus said, "In this world, you're going to have tribulation." Here's here's Joseph. We just read it, but verse 18 of Matthew 1, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. And see, we stop right there, and we have the shepherds and the wise men and all his calm and all his bright and round, young virgin, mother and child. Little Lord Jesus, lay down his sweet head. And we got all that. But this is how it started. This is how it came about. The mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Uh Uh-oh, Joe. <laughs> right first thing you know christmas kind of say this christmas started with chaos it started it started with chaos and jesus says in this world in fact we love romans 8 and i love romans 8 when it says all things work together for the good right but for all things to work together for the good if god's going to take stuff and make it good it's got to start out bad so it's kind of like this same promise we all love to quote no matter what, pretty much tells us that we can't even have this promise if something bad doesn't happen. <laughs> you see, what happens is when, when my ideal clashes with what is real, then I get chaos And that's what happened to Joseph. His ideal, oh, I'm saying he was picturing the honeymoon in Cabo. Like, I mean, the sand and the surf. He's thinking, oh, this is going to be good. I'm getting married. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm pregnant. Huh? (laughs) And all of a sudden his, his ideal engagement and wedding hit something that was very real but it wasn't his ideal and that's what we call chaos and probably most of us as we're entering into Christmas would have an ideal idea (laughs) you have an ideal Christmas in mind but maybe you're dealing with a real Christmas instead of your ideal Christmas and if that's the case it may feel a little bit chaotic life is really good at handing you chaos and here's what happens when we experience chaos we try to establish a context so we can reach a conclusion. Isn't that kind of the way that we're wired, especially Christians, and, and all of a sudden something happens and we, we, we need it to, to make sense to us? Right? In fact, um, verse 19, Matthew 1.19 says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, it's human nature to fill in the blanks. And when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, his mind, needing to make sense, rushed to a context that led him to a conclusion, really, that was completely against the plan and purpose of God. But he's looking for context. Can I I tell you this? That in this world, we're going to have chaos. And in this world, we have someone here who is convinced And really, honestly, very good and very strategic and very determined to give us a context for everything bad we go through. The problem is, he facilitates a context based on lies because he knows that if he can keep you out of context, he can keep you away from purpose. Knows that the way to get you to divorce your destiny is just to feed you the wrong context for your chaos. And y'all thought it's gonna be like candles and kumbaya and <laughs> isn't that what he kind of did to Adam and Eve? God said, Hey, don't eat of this tree. If you eat of this tree, you're gonna die. And what Satan did is He came to them to talk to them about what God said. He just shifted the context away from God is protecting you to God is keeping something from you. And once he had turned the context and skewed the context, he was able to get them to divorce their destiny. I got to go, but that's good. See, (laughs) life... (laughs) Satan knows he can keep you from your destiny if he can keep your life out of the right context. So life, life gives us chaos. Here's the second thing. God gives us context. God wants to give us context. Isn't that kind of what happens in verse 20? It says, but after he had considered this an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. When you think about it, what is he doing? He's giving Joseph the right context. He's helping him see what his chaos is really all about. I don't know if you realize this. Christmas is all about giving us context. The birth of Jesus is about giving creation a context. It's about giving your life a context. And it's about giving your destiny a context. You take away Christmas, you take away the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, come to reconcile us back to God. We're not sure what creation is about. We're not sure what we're doing, and we're not sure who we are. Really, Christmas is all about providing a context for us to move forward in. And so God provides to Joseph a context, and that kind of what and when you think about it, most of the time when God's speaking to us, really, he's providing for us a context. Your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. What's he saying? Your word illuminates what I'm standing in. Your word shows me where I'm standing at. right? You have been going through the woods in the dark. I've done it. I was raised in the country, right? And you're just walking through and all of a sudden you find the spider webs, And you're like, and now it looks like you're a demoniac and you're trying, you know what I'm saying? Or either that or a really bad ninja, right? And then you flip on a light and you see all these spider webs around you. And all of a sudden this light has just given you context to the chaos that you've just walked in. Isn't that some of you freaked out? How many like hate spiders? Like, yeah, I got you all spiders for Christmas. See, God speaks to Joseph to give him a context for his chaos. And what he tells Joseph is this pregnancy is not something you need to step away from. This pregnancy is something you need to step into. See, you saw the pregnancy as the chaos that you needed to leave behind, but in the right context, the pregnancy is the chaos you need to embrace because your purpose is on the other side of it. (laughs) You see, when when your context comes from your preference, you're going to live in disappointment. But when your context comes from your purpose, then you get to live in victory, no matter how chaotic it is. See, I don't think that the way all this went down was really Joseph's preference. But it was his purpose. And when he had the right context to see the chaos, wasn't wasn't really based on his preference. His preference was put her away quietly and move on down the road. But when he saw the chaos in the right context, he could embrace the chaos knowing that he was actually called to it as his purpose. Isn't this what God does? When we're talking Romans 8, all things work together for the good of those who are called. In other words, God speaks to change your context. When you understand God, you understand the context that no matter what you are presently dealing with or walking in, God is shifting whatever you're in to make sure it turns out when you have a context that you can't lose no matter what your chaos is it changes how you live all things work together I should have wore short sleeves hot (laughs) so you have to live life through the context of your calling And don't live it through the context of your chaos. When I live through the context of my chaos, I make decisions based on my chaos instead of decisions based on my calling. Okay, here's the last thing. So, life gives us chaos. God gives us context. But here's the last thing. Faith gives us a new conclusion. Faith gives us a new conclusion. Um so God speaks to Joseph to to give context to his chaos to bring him to the right conclusion because when Joseph gave context to his chaos he came to the wrong conclusion What what's interesting is God didn't send the angel to change Joseph's conditions God sent the angel just to change his context. And so many times, aren't we like this? So many times, we want God to change our conditions. I'm the worst. I'll just go ahead and own it. You may be too religious and too proud and very holy, and it's Christmas, and you can't say, oh, I'm jacked up, but I'm more jacked up than anybody. I can tell you that most of my prayers, when it's chaos, is, dear God, I'd like you to change the conditions. Like, you could remove that person from the world, you could take them to heaven, just get them out of my hair. I'm not trying to be mean. Graduate them. Right? God, let me explain to you how you could change my conditions. Right? Right? But God doesn't always change our conditions. Most of the time, God just changes our context. He even say this way, when you pass through the flood or the water, when you pass through the, the fire, wait a second, God, you don't have a helicopter? Could we pass over instead of passing through? And God's like, no, because on the other side of the fire, is someone that's ready to walk into their destiny. On the other side of the chaos is someone that's embraced their destiny and their purpose. See, all this can't happen so that it be fulfilled if all this doesn't happen. Remember where we started? All this took place to fulfill what God had said. All this can't take place to fulfill. In other words, God can't fulfill it till all this takes place. And so the angel spoke, not, not to change the conditions, but to change the context. And once Joseph had the right context, he was able to arrive at the right conclusion. And when I reached the right conclusion, now I'm able to embrace the chaos When I realize that God put that person in the cubicle next to me, and they're driving me crazy, but God put them in the cubicle next to me because part of my purpose is to let God move through me into their life and to bring some peace to their chaos. When I realize that I have the right conclusion because God has provided the right context, then I can embrace the chaos. Yeah, your family's crazy. Here's the news they think you're the crazy one. And we're all about to get together. But maybe if you had the right context, you could embrace their chaos. There had to be something really positive in here somewhere. Oh, right here. Jesus loves everybody. And so do I. Jesus just loves us. He loves us so much. (laughs) Okay, <clears throat> let me give you three very applicable things you can do, exactly what Joseph did to embrace your chaos, all right? If you got chaos, Here, here's the good news. God's with you in the chaos. Here's the bad news. God may not change the chaos. He may just change your context. So three things you can write these down. Number one, if you find yourself in some chaos, I would recommend this, stop thinking about it. This is what Matthew tells us about, about Joseph, verse 19. It says, but Joseph, he was faithful to the law. He was faithful to the law, and yet he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. Now watch this. So he had in mind, he had in mind to, see, what you have in mind may be working against you, God didn't create you to rely on your mind. Why do you think that part of being born again says that now we have the mind of Christ? Because your mind typically rushes you to the wrong context and the wrong conclusion. Joseph had in he'd been thinking about it. When you find out the woman you're engaged to marry is pregnant and you're not the baby daddy... You think about it. <laughs> right? Joseph, Joseph had been thinking about it and he had come to a conclusion because he'd been thinking. And here's what it says, that Joseph wanting to be faithful to the law. Did you ever see that? In other words, the right thing to do was call the whole thing off. Here's why you don't rely on your mind. Because the best your mind can do is evaluate right and wrong since the fall. Because that was the tree Adam took of, the tree of right and wrong. And so on our best day, we decide right and wrong. Some of us can't even get that done very well. But God doesn't want us to rely on right and wrong. He wants us to rely on Him. See, had Joseph done what was right, he would have aborted God's plan for him. And he would not have been the surrogate father, if you will, to the Messiah. God had chosen and called him specifically to raise and to mentor the Son of God on this earth. And if Joseph would have just done what he had been thinking about, he would have missed the greatest calling of any man on this planet. You've got to stop, look at somebody and say, stop thinking about it. You're just wearing me out. You're wearing the kids out. You're wearing yourself out. Stop thinking about it. Gonna, Somebody's going to die you keep thinking about it? Don't think about it. You've got to stop thinking about it. Here's the second thing. You've got to start listening. Oh. You know what I like? Let me read this, verse 20. Matthew 1, verse 20. But after he had... Con- Did everybody see that second? But after you see that? But after he had considered this, the angel showed up. Most of the time, God can't talk until you quit thinking. <laughs> Maybe the greatest Christmas message I've ever preached in my life right now. Y'all are watching history. But after he had considered, Joseph finally got tired of thinking. And when he stopped thinking, God could start talking. Right? Stop thinking and start listening. Start listening. Because when I listen to God, I get the right context. I get, see, the Bible says faith comes by, by hearing. See, hearing is a present ongoing tense. Faith today doesn't come by what you heard yesterday. Faith today comes by what you hear today. But many of the times, as long as you're busy with your mind trying to determine a context and reach a conclusion, God can't get your attention to speak, to give you his context so you can find his conclusion. So you have to stop thinking so you can... If if your life is chaotic, stop and listen. Isn't it interesting? That's the hardest thing to do in chaos. Listen, I have ADD. You put me in a really chaotic situation, I hear everything, which makes me crazy. Right? I never said I was right. Right? But what I found is so hard... When there's a lot, the hardest thing for me to do in the chaos is to listen, but it's the right thing to do. It's the only thing to do if you want the right context for whatever your chaos is. Stop, stop thinking, start listening. And then here's the last thing, Matthew one twenty four. Matthew one twenty four says this, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Stop thinking, start listening, and do what God says. Like if you find yourself in chaos, here you go, kind of like if you're on fire, stop, drop, and roll. How many know that's what you're supposed to do? Your PJs catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll. You find yourself in chaos, stop thinking, start listening. And then do what he says. Do what he says. Listen, it doesn't say if you understand it. It didn't say Joseph. It, didn't, it never says he answered all Joseph's questions. Don't you realize even after this message, now we have the whole story and thank God for the Bible and all the history and all that. But Joseph didn't have all the story. He had some whacked out dream where some angel told him, don't be afraid, Joe. Take her as your wife. It's all going to be Okay. But you think Joseph's like, yeah, but what are my family going to think about me? And what's the town going to say about me? And how's this going to work out? I've never raised a Jesus before. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not every day you raise the Messiah. That's a little bit of pressure. It didn't say he answered all of his questions, and it didn't say that he understood everything. It just says he did what he said. The only way to walk a life of faith is to walk when God says, and you don't understand. This is the way. Let me say another way. This world is chaotic, and the only way to walk through the chaos is to walk when God says, when you don't understand, because that's walking in faith. And we don't walk by sight. We don't live by sight. We live by And faith is about walking when I don't understand and all of my questions aren't answered and it looks really chaotic. But I have a word from God that gives me context so I have a right conclusion. And armed with a right conclusion, I step into the chaos. And as this scripture says, I take Mary home. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what it's going to look like for me in the future. I don't know what's going to be said about me or how it's going to affect me in my culture and society. I don't know how this is going to be, how it's going to turn out, but I had chaos. I got some context. I've reached a conclusion. I've stopped my thinking. I started listening and now I'm just going to step into the chaos armed with what God has told me and trust that everything he says he's going to fulfill. Yeah, that's a good time to give God praise. I think that's all I need to say. Why why don't you go ahead and stand? All I need to say right there.